Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Welcome back. Now, if you've listened to my last episode on when is the right time to hire an advisor and you've done your homework and your soul searching on your ability and your desire to to, to do the work, um, you, this this could be a good episode to kind of help uh, you make the right decisions in picking an advisor. And ultimately, when it comes to picking an advisor, I'm going to really focus on three areas. Um, one is uh, geography, two is experience, and three is independence. Because when you do a quick Google search and ask how many financial advisors are there in the United States, it comes back with a number of almost 300,000. Now, if you have 300,000 of anything, they're not all created equal, and they're not all identical. So if you're trying to scale down 300,000 to one, that could be a pretty daunting task. Um, so you know, in my 20 years of experience, I've met a lot of different advisors. I've seen a lot of different models. And I'm going to share with you kind of what I feel is of value to the clients that I work with. And um, you know, hopefully you can use that to shape your own decisions. So let's jump right into it. The first thing is uh, geography. So, like I said, there's over 300,000 advisors across the country, and if you call up an advisor in California and say, hey, I'm looking to hire an advisor, do you work with clients out of state, they may say, yeah, definitely, you know, we, you know with uh, technology and Zoom, and uh, as long as you don't mind us not being in your backyard, we can definitely help you out. Um, so you don't necessarily have to be in the same town or the same neighborhood or the same city or state as your advisor. But there is a value to having a local advisor. Um, and you know, beyond just being able to sit down face-to-face and get to know them, there are some intangibles that come along with being in the market that you're advising on, you know, whether it be uh, cost of living factors, real estate factors, tax impacts, things that are kind of a niche to each, each community. Um, so you know, if you grew up in the Boston area and you're working with a, a New York advisor, uh, a, a New York City advisor is definition of normal when it comes to cash flow and expenses and real estate costs is a lot different than if you're on the outskirts of Boston or southern New Hampshire, where things just are a little bit more affordable. Um, And it's not reasonable to expect that advisor who lives four or five states away to know the nuances of every town or every community that you're, you're working with. The other value of local is when you think about um, you know the other things beyond just mutual fund investing and, and the kind of the science of financial planning, but a lot of uh, you know the value that advisors add is through their personal networks. So beyond the investment side, you may need to connect your client to a local estate planning attorney or an accountant or a realtor, and having those local connections can really help build out an advisor's overall team and really strengthen the value that the client is getting from working with that individual advisor. Even beyond the financial matters, you know, if you're thinking about changing jobs and your advisor's been working in this community for 20 or 30 years, there's a chance they may know somebody that could help you in your next job search or maybe be able to connect you with uh, you know, another client or another contact that they have that could be appropriate for, for your needs. Um, you know, th- none of these things are guarantees that they're going to happen. Um, but you know, when you're thinking about, do I need an advisor locally or do I need an advisor who you know, may sit at a call center and be working nationally, um, you know, that's, that's definitely one of the factors you have to consider. The second big uh, factor is experience. 
So when I started in the business, I was 22, right out of college. And when I look back on, uh, you know, my career, you know, part of me goes, why did anybody ever trust me? Um, and you know, the reason they trusted me was because of the the company that I that I had at my back and the managers that surrounded me that were able to provide um, you know the, the level of experience and, and planning knowledge that was appropriate. Um, but when you think about you know the, the the complexity of your overall situation, you want to try to find an advisor that will match your needs or, or your, your level of experience. So, you know, if you read any of the journals or you read some articles and say, what should you do when, you know, what do you need to ask about when hiring a financial advisor? You know, are they a certified financial planner? Do they have 15 or 20 years experience? You know, do they have, you know, a, a number of different factors to consider? But, you know, if you are sitting there at the very beginning of your financial life and you've got, you know, $10,000 to invest and you want to start saving $500 a month and, you, you might need some life insurance to protect your family and you're thinking about buying a home or maybe you had some questions about a rental property. The advisor who's been doing this for 30 or 40 years that's managing a billion dollars of assets is probably outside your wheelhouse. So even though, yes, you want to work with the most experienced and most talented advisors, that may be more than you need. You know, and their fee schedule and what they're going to require you to, you know, to, to pay them to do that, it might just be not very economical. So in those situations, working with an advisor who's closer in your age range that will grow with you and be there for the long term might be appropriate. But if you're in your 60s and 70s and considering this last stage of you know, your financial life, there is a difference between an advisor who's got 15 to 20 years experience and has seen different market cycles and worked with various different clients versus an advisor who may have you know less than five years experience and you know has read the textbooks and knows you know kind of you know what it could look like but has never really kind of lived through the market cycles and you know doesn't necessarily have the same established experience uh, of some other advisors. The final factor that I mentioned earlier is the value of independence. You know, as a, as a client, you want to make sure that your advisor is acting in your best interest first. And you know, when you know, if you hire one advisor over the other, there's always going to be some level of conflict of interest because the advisor would rather you work with them um, versus somebody else. Um, but beyond just the desire to have the client in your your business. You have to understand that certain advisors have various conflicts of interest, um, and not that there's always bad things about having conflicts of interest. You just want to make sure you're asking the right questions and that they're disclosed up front. So, if I work for a large uh, investment firm that you know has a proprietary uh, sales model or a proprietary product, if I'm going to recommend that product to you, I want to make sure I disclose that you know, look, I. I do work for this corporation. This corporation is, you know, the reason why they manufacture it is this, but, you know, there isn't, you know, a, a conflict of interest, even though I feel strongly about it. Um, you know, so you want to be careful of advisors that, um, you know, may kind of skirt over the independence factor, or skirt over the disclosures or, or conflicts of interest that may exist in how they go about, you know, designing the plan and implementing the plan, you know, with various investment products or tools. You know, ultimately, I've been in the independent side of the business for the last 10 years. And, you know, it is a competitive advantage. You know, when you start to talk to knowledgeable clients and they don't want to be sold anymore. Uh, you know, they don't want to be feel like they're pressured into buying something on the spot. They want to someone who's going to listen to them, who's going to give them objective advice. And, you know, if it's right for that client and if it's the right thing overall, they're going to move forward and take action. And one additional factor to the independent side is that of uh, acting as a fiduciary for your clients. 
As a registered investment advisory firm with the SEC, we are obligated to act as fiduciaries for our clients, uh, which essentially means their interests come before ours in, in all situations. Uh, like I said, most firms are trying to do the best for their clients, but uh, it's not they're not always obligated to withhold the fiduciary standard. Um, so you want to make sure you understand, you know, if the advisor you're working with is a fiduciary or is not, and if they're not, as long as they're, you feel like you're asking the right questions or getting the right advice, that's fine. Um, but if you are seeking out, um, you know, uh, kind of a that fiduciary relationship, you can ask point blank, you know, do you act as a fiduciary for your clients? So whether you choose to work with a national advisor, a local advisor, uh, a newer or younger advisor, or an older advisor, or a large firm or an independent firm, um, you know, it's up to you. Like as, as we've said before, there's not a right answer or right choice for everybody when it comes to picking their advisor, uh, but there is going to be a right choice for you. Now, I hope you can apply some of what you heard today to improve your relationship with money. And thanks again for listening. Until next time, on Great Points with Matt Schroeder. Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.